Hello there, listener. It's Ryan. I'm recording this secretly before Justin comes in. It's because we've started a new betting show and he isn't part of it, so I don't want him to get upset. It's me, a championship expert, and I'm joined by betting expert Jimmy the Punt. Every Thursday, we each give you three tips for the weekend's championship games. So search Second Tier Betting wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Cardiff from Open Play to my Cardiff from Set Pieces. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how are you doing, old sport? Um, I'm, I'm very good. I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a weekend of derbies, I have to tell you. It's, it's going to be oh, a good one this weekend. Some of the games this weekend, we have been blessed by the footballing gods with some of the action we've got coming up this weekend. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode of the Second Tier, the number one championship-specific podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, we're going to go through some of the games coming up this weekend in the championship. We've got two derbies, one cracker at the top of the table, and one game between two teams struggling near the bottom. So we'll get on to all that in a sec, ladies and gents. But first, Justin... Fantastic news. We've been nominated for an award. The Best Football League Podcast at the Football Content Awards. Thank you to all of you who voted for us. It really means a lot. And I honestly mean that. It always sounds sarcastic when I say that, but it honestly does mean a lot. Now we kindly ask you to vote for us all over again so we can (laughs) win it. Because that would be nice. So you can either search Football Content Awards in Google and vote for us there. Or we'll leave a link in the description of this episode. It takes about 10 seconds to do because... You don't need to vote in all other categories. You just literally need to vote in one. And if you take the time to do it, we will be forever grateful. And we'll stop mentioning it all the time if you (laughs) vote for us. Justin, let's look ahead to some of the games coming up this weekend. And we'll start off with one which is always a mouth-watering fixture. It's, of course, the East Midlands derby, the Brian Clough derby, the Billy Davis derby. The Nathan Tyson Derby. It's Derby versus Forest. Now, we were just saying at the weekend, weren't we, how <laughs> at the start of the season, Derby fans would have looked at this thinking, oh, we've got to play Forest five mm. games into the season. I would have been a bit nervous heading into that. But now, considering how both teams have started, the tables have turned a bit, haven't they? Just a, just a little bit. I mean, it helps that Forest have forgotten how to attack and Derby have tightened up uh, a fair bit from 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 last season it's it's a massive comparison um to, to what it was for for both sets of supporters and as you say to play forest in the first five games of the season within the first five or six games of the season is, is never is never a uh, comfortable feeling for any supporter of or, or to have a derby game so early on in the season it's never comfortable um so yeah i think derby fans will be looking forward to this one forest fans maybe not so much mm yeah, I think you're actually 100% right there because Forest looks so bad at the moment. They Against Stoke, it was one of the worst team performances I've seen in a long time. Stoke didn't have to get out of second gear 
really, and just kind of walked past Forrest, who offered no attacking threat whatsoever. So Forrest at the moment looking very poor. However, and this won't be the first time I say that, I say this in this episode, Justin, form goes out the window in the derby. It does. It does. It's it. It's it. It's the worst cliche, and it's the cliche I probably hate the most in football. But I think the reason why I hate it the most because it is so true that it doesn't matter how good you are in a lead up to a game. Um, form doesn't matter in a, in a derby. I think it was when Derby beat Forest five 0 I think Forest were unbeaten in uh, a long time, uh, and Derby hadn't scored for a for a few games, and then they put five past Forest. Um, so that's that's the definition of form going out the window. But I think at this point in the season, as you say, it's, it's a one-off game for, for both sides in the sense that Rooney and Derby have got a bit of a um, a free hit in their situation. Um, whereas Forest, they're under a lot of pressure. Um, Hewton's under a lot of pressure from supporters. I know there's a lot of sarcastic chants against Stoke and probably the same against um, I think it was Wolves in the in the in the League Cup in midweek. So there's a lot of pressure on Hewton, probably more probably more, more on Hewton and Forest than there is on Rooney and Derby. Well let me ask you this question. If Forest were to lose here, will Chris Hewton be sacked? Because we've seen in the past Derby v Forest games have got a bit of a reputation for <laughs> leading to managers losing their jobs. And it's coming at that you know, burial ground of a bad time for managers mm. where we've got an international break coming up after this weekend. So all the fingers are pointing towards the door, really, for Chris Hewton if he were to lose this game, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, how many games was it for Lemoucher last season? Was it... Uh, has, has, yeah, so Hewton surpassed that now. and they're By one game. <laughs> by one game. Um, and they're arguably in a, in a similar state, if not slightly worse. Um mm. And as you say, all the fingers are pointing towards the door if, if they lose it. I think even if they do lose it, you just want to see a performance because they haven't had that. Forest fans haven't had that from the players yet. If there's a positive performance and there's something to build on, then sure, there's something to take away from the game if it does end in defeat. Um, but as, as we said, it's a burial ground for, for managers. Billy Davis, Nigel Clough, they've been sacked um, after these after these types of fixtures. So... I wouldn't be surprised if, if Forrest do lose it, that Hewton wants to go. But then again, if there's something positive to come from it, I don't see why he wouldn't stay. Yeah, we were saying, weren't we, that if Hewton were to be sacked, we don't necessarily see an improvement forthcoming mm. with whoever comes in. <clears throat> However, I think we can both agree that the sack does seem to be looming for Chris Hewton just because of how bad the performance are, how bad the results are and the state that they're in at the moment because if things don't turn around soon then Forrest could be heading not just to a relegation battle. They, right now they're rock bottom of the table aren't they and look the worst team in the division. Well any team that loses four or five games on the trot I think again this is another cliche it's going to be a cliche filled podcast sorry listeners um, but any any manager who loses four or five games on the trot, I, no. In fact, the saying is you're always five defeats or six defeats away from the sack um, amongst manager circles. Uh, and Hewton's coming up to to five games, five league games. So again, if you lose all five games, then yeah, you, you are looking towards the door a little bit. Things have to improve. Hewton knows that he's experienced enough to to understand that. He's tried to instill a little bit of positivity after that Stoke game. Supporters didn't really buy into it, so it's now up to the players to see if they do. Yeah, well, there's a lot of pressure on Chris Hewton. 
as not as much pressure on Rooney to get a result. Well, obviously, he will be desperate to get a result from this game. I just look at it and say, I, I always say this with derby games, um, it comes down to who wants it more. Usually, mm. quality cliche. doesn't matter as much. Massive cliche, but it is <laughs> usually the case. Um, and, and I look at the two squads, and Derby are a side made up of young lads, many of them homegrown, and will understand more how much this game means to the supporters. So, with Forest, on the other hand, they don't seem very motivated at the moment from what we've seen from the past few games. And may not want it as much as those young Derby players who are very much aware of how much the supporters want them to win. So I think Derby definitely have the edge, not just in terms of form, but also in the way that they have got those players who will want to win this game. Um, And it will also leave Forrest in a bit more of a pickle than they already are. (laughs) Let's go to another Derby. Justin, we've got Cardiff versus Bristol City, the seven-side Derby. Now we've seen Cardiff have a very good start to the season. Bristol City, a so-so start to the season, just one win on the board. What are your initial instincts with this fixture, Justin? I don't think we've seen the best of Cardiff yet. Um, They've scored pretty much all of their goals from set pieces and and crosses uh, and with their heads. So I don't think we've seen the best out of Cardiff City yet. Um, And with Bristol City, there have been slithers of improvement they, they've been creating more chances um, it's just a case of putting those chances away and have they got the players to put them away um, so it's it's going to be a tight, tightly contested game this one um, but it's at Cardiff you know the, the atmosphere the Cardiff fans make is, is going to be palpable it's going to be it's going to be a good fixture um, but as you say I think I don't think we've seen the best of Cardiff yet and I don't think that helps Bristol City at all It's quite interesting because in the last four games between these sides the away side has won, which is a very <laughs> bizarre statistic because obviously you'd assume it'd be the other way around. So Bristol City have got that in their favour. I'm looking at this end from what we've seen of these two sides so far. Obviously, it's very early into the season, but Cardiff are very solid defensively. They've conceded the four goals so far. But when you look at the data side of things, it doesn't really reflect in that they've been quite unfortunate in the way that teams have just been very clinical when coming up against them. Bristol City, as we've seen so far, haven't been very clinical. In fact, they've been very wasteful. So when you're coming up against a Cardiff side who won't give away many chances, you've got to give the edge to Cardiff, I think. Would you agree with that? You're pretty spot on. Breaking it down like that <clears throat> is um, is a pretty pretty effective way to, to break it down, obviously. Cardiff aren't going to give you chances. You've got three defenders in Morrison, Flint and Nelson who are very experienced and very good at this level. They're not going to allow you too much time in the box or um, allow you to get headers in the box. You're not going to win a header in the box, let's be honest. <laughs> You've got no chance against those three. Um, so crosses in that sense are going to go out the window. So it's going to be breaks in play. Andy Weiman, um getting in behind the, the back three because they're not the quickest. So there's going to be space potentially to get in behind them. Um, but as you say, they're not going to give too many chances away. So Bristol City could struggle. It just depends. It just depends what they can create and, and, and when they can create because Derby games, oh God, uh, another cliche is coming. They don't. There's not. There's not many chances in derby games at all. Um, so it's 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 as you pointed out earlier. It's who wants it more. It, it it's who um, has a composure at 
any given time during during the game. And I think Cardiff have got a little bit more in their armoury than than Bristol City. Well, could we see big Aidan Flint on the score sheet again? Of course, against his old club as well. So, mm-hmm. if there's one game that he'll want to get on the score sheet again, it'll be this game, won't it? Definitely, definitely. I don't know what I'll do if he scores, because for him to <laughs> for him to get another one this early on in the season, I mean, he's he's a nailed on winner for player of the player of the month, isn't he? Um, let's be honest. So. Yeah, he's 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 his form is ridiculous defensively. I know we talk about his goals, but defensively, as you say, Cardiff have been very solid, um, and Aidan Flint has been pivotal to that. So yeah, there's 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 a lot of positives there, and obviously him going to his uh, or him playing against his former club, he's going to be hungry in that box um, to, to to bag one, isn't he? Or, or back two, as as he's done so easily this season so far. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Kiefer Moore plays because he's been linked mm. with a move to Wolves in the past week or so. Um, so whether he plays or not will be one to keep an eye out for. If he's not, then that may give us a bit more of an insight into whether he is possibly heading out the door uh, for Cardiff. Hopefully he's not because we always want to see Big Keith in the Championship, don't we? But uh, one to keep an eye on there for the neutral. Fulham versus Stoke, Justin. This is a thigh rubber, isn't it? Two teams who, at the moment, joint top of the table, got the three wins on the board and a draw. Fulham just look a different breed to a lot of the teams in the Championship, don't they? Them and West Brom look the real cream of the Championship at the moment. Stoke, can't take anything away from them. Looked very, very good so far, playing unbelievably nice football. But when you look at the players in that Fulham squads then the instinct is that Fulham will definitely be the heavy favourites for this game won't they? Yeah I think as you say given the the talent in the Fulham side it's 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 packed full of it and they've got a, a, a well Stoke have got a good depth I saw their, their, their team against or in the League Cup in midweek and it was it was the second string but it was all right it was pretty it was pretty decent um, but it's not as as it doesn't have the quality that that Fulham second string possess. But that strength in depth that Fulham have, they're able to switch things up quite easily. Um, they've got players like Carvalho who operate very nicely in the opposition final third, keeps play ticking along. And you've got someone like Mitrovic who, at any given chance, he's he can he can score quite easily. We've seen him score accidentally. We've seen him score really good finishes he's he's a, he's a goal so machine at this score level after getting hit in the face <laughs> exactly exactly he's a, he's a goal machine at this level it doesn't matter what kind of goal it is he can score it so he's a, he's a complete forward and then yeah attacking options Fulham are very good but also retaining the ball um, it's going to be a different kind of game well Stoke are going to come up against a, a different kind of side that they've, that they've played against so far they're going to be without the ball for large periods so it's what they can do without that um, and, and how they can mix the game up because yeah, this is a this is a new kind of test for them. So yeah, I think Fulham definitely edged the edge the game, but Stoke have got a lot of quality as well, so can't rule them out. Well, you look at the data side of things, and in terms of expected goals, both sides have got the tightest defences in the division, and that's going to be massive for Stoke, who I feel like a, a draw wouldn't be a bad result for them. Would you think that's the case? That'd be a great result, wouldn't it? You go, you play yeah. Fulham. Fulham are expected to to win most of their games this season, so if you can pick up points against them and take points off of them, yeah, you'd you'd be buzzing. Yeah, and we saw early in the season, first game of the season, didn't we, that uh, Middlesbrough, they kept it tight at the back, and if you Mm -hmm. do keep it tight at the back, maybe play a bit deeper than you usually would, then Fulham are there having to question how they're going to break down this 
uh, defence. So if Stoke do that, then they could very well get something out of this game. It's definitely not out of the question. You've just got to keep it tight at the back end, as you say. They probably won't expect to have as much of the ball as they usually do. They're mm-hmm. capable of playing their way out around the Fulham midfield. Um, but a draw would be a great result. A win? My oh my. That would really show <laughs> that Stoke mean business this season. And let's go to the final game, Justin. That's between Millwall and Blackpool. Two sides who are struggling a bit at the moment, both on two points. They're both amongst four teams yet to win a game so far this season. First thoughts on this, Justin? I think I think first thoughts are Millwall have really disappointed me this season um, so far. They've, they've been, as you say, defensively quite poor. Um, going forwards, they haven't been as, as fluid as, as I want them to be. They're giving teams chances too often and they're going behind in games. Um, I think Blackpool started off poorly, but that, that result against against Bournemouth was a was a massive one for them and a, and a turning point coming from two goals down. It was it was huge for them. Um, and the way they, they ended that game is the way that they should take it. Well, <clears throat> it's the way they should play going forwards. Um, the way they pressed, I think Millwall are going to have a difficult game here. And I think this is as, as close as the two sides will be this season in terms of competitiveness with each other because Millwall want to see themselves going into the top six, whereas Blackpool, you know, they, they, they'll be struggling this season. But if they if Blackpool can get a result... You know, we could see them switch um, ambitions this season. Yeah, I, I look at Millwall and I think they've had a tricky start so far, but I do expect them to come good eventually. Um, if they don't get a result here, then I will be worrying. Uh, that's no disrespect to Blackpool, but this is the sort of game that Gary Rowett should be looking at and thinking this should be our first three points of the season. If not, then. Not only is it going to be a season where Millwall undermine their expectations, but it could be one where they're looking over their shoulder a bit. But the only time will tell with that. Blackpool, they'll be looking at this thinking, could be a good chance to get our first three points on the board. But I think, again, they'll probably be happy to take a point here. But as I say, if they do want to stay up this season, they have got to start getting three points on the board. You can't just keep getting the odd points here and there, you have got to get three points every so often as well. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll, Neil Critchley will be looking at this thinking, yeah, hopefully we can try and get something a bit more than just a point here, considering Millwall have been a bit sloppy so far this season. But it has been a tricky start for the Lions. Justin, let's have a break. After that, we'll go through some other news from the past few days, and then we'll finish off with a Craig Bryson pub quiz. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. And now it's time for this. Yes, it's time for the news. And we'll start off with this, Justin. James Garner, he's rejoined Forrest on loan from Manchester United. The midfielder was at the city ground for the set season. How good he is. Forrest this season have been playing two holding midfielders. And it's been a bit one-dimensional in the middle of the park. James Garner brings a lot to them going forwards and brings a lot to that midfield as a whole, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think the likes of Jack Colback, Ryan Yates, their form's been really, really poor um, at the start of the season. James Garner offers something completely different. As you say, he's, he's, he brings a lot going forward, not necessarily in terms of goals, although he can hit them, as we know. 
but his, his, his way to break the lines with his passing, um, he's, he's confident with his passing. What, what you're trying to say is he brings something different because he can pass the ball forwards. He can pass the ball forwards, and that's what Forrest need. Not necessarily long balls, just someone to pass the ball to someone A five-yard pass that goes in the direction of the opposition goal. Exactly, and that's positive. Absolutely. Um, but as you say, it's a game changer for Forrest. It is. He's such a good player. Um, slightly disappointed that Man United were holding him to ransom over a new contract because he didn't want to sign a new deal. Um, and that's what delayed the, the loan deal. So delighted for him, delighted for Forrest um, that they now have someone who can pass the ball forwards. Yeah, but that midfield now, it's very good, isn't it? When you look at it on paper, you've got Johnson, Mighton, Lolly, uh, Zinkenagel, Garner. Yates gets a lot, of stay, a lot of stick, but I think he is a good player, really. And that's a very good midfield. You just need to add bodies in that defence. And this Forest squad just could do with a little bit of a sprucing up at the back, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bournemouth have signed Man City winger Morgan Rogers on loan. The 19-year-old spent half a season with Lincoln last A few spits and spats for Lincoln last season. But I thought he was absolutely class. Yeah, he's a, he's a good, fluid, flexible player in that uh, attacking attacking lineup. Um he can play across the front three. He's quite comfortable doing that. Goals, assists, he he adds it to, to Bournemouth and he adds much needed depth as well. Um and he's a he's a good young player with with a lot to prove and um, you know it's a good deal for Bournemouth because they get him on loan, they get him with a with a view to a permanent. Uh, it's it's something that they need because that squad's needed freshening up for a long time and I think he adds that and it's a good use of the uh, Dan Juma money definitely. Well, the out-wide options were looking a bit lighter on the ground, weren't they? Quality yeah. players, Brooks, Anthony, Stanislas, very good players at this level, but could have done with an extra body there. And Morgan Rogers, who, as I say, was class at Lincoln last season, really, really impressive signing. And the fact they've managed to get him with the view to a permanent move, mm-hmm. my oh my, fair play to them, 19 as well. Uh, Blackburn have signed Leeds winger Ian Pervader on loan. Leeds director of football Victor Orta said they chose Blackburn because they're impressed with how they developed Harvey Elliott last season. Uh, we saw a bit of Pervader, didn't we, when Leeds got promoted from the Championship? Only a wee bit, really, and he's not really had much of a chance in the Premier League mm. so far. In the small bits that you've seen, have you seen a player in there? I have. Um, I think it was the Derby game. He ran, I can't remember if it was playing left back, might have been Buchanan, but he ran him ragged, essentially. Um, and, and he did very well in the in the, the wide position. He's a very good technical player. Um, his game needs refining, absolutely, but he's got a good pedigree. He came through at, at City um, and went to Leeds. Leeds brought him in with a view to to him being a backup uh, during their promotion season and he and he was that he was a good player good useful player um, I think yeah I think this is a good move for, for Blackburn because they get someone who has a similar profile to Harvey Elliott um, where they're not blisteringly quick but they're very good technical players can pass it can dribble so yeah definitely a good move I wonder if this also means that Sam Gallagher might be going back up front because <coughs> recently they've been playing Dolan up front haven't they who's mm-hmm. traditionally a winger um, so whether this sees a front three of Gallagher, BBD and Pervader have to wait and see but uh, yeah looks a exciting signing I'm keen to see whether he can show the kind of player that many people are expecting him to be at Leeds uh, Bristol City midfielder Adam Nye has left the club to go to Pisa in Italy bit of a weird one because I thought he had quite a good Euros with Hungary mm. but nonetheless uh, Connor Wickham is training with Preston it's after the 28 year old was released by Palace 
Would you be a fan of that, considering what we've been banging on for for so long about Preston desperately needing a striker? They need a striker, and I like Connor Wickham, but I don't think Preston is the right place for him or he's the right striker for Preston. We've said that Preston need a striker who's going to get 15 goals. Um, Connor Wickham's not hit 15 in his career. Uh, he's, he's a That's good mainly player. because of injuries, though. Yeah, it is, but also when he has been fit, he's looked nowhere near it. He's a big target man, and when do big target men... Oh, no, Kiefer Moore's a, that's a bad bad point to make because Kiefer Moore hits 20. Um, but what I'm trying to say is when do big target men regularly hit the back of the net um, in, in the Conor Wickham mould, essentially. But I just don't feel that he's the right player for Preston, and he's, I don't think Preston's the right club for him either. I disagree um, with you. Yeah. I think Conor Wickham will be a class signing for Preston. He's exactly the kind of striker they need. Um, someone for Sinclair to play off up front as well. I think it would make complete and utter sense. 28 years old as well. We all know what kind of player he was being tipped to be and he's not going to realise the potential that many people are once expecting of him, but he can still be a very good player at this level. He was at Wednesday not too long ago and Mm -hmm. impressed in the short time that he was there. And I think with Preston, he might not be the kind of striker who gets, you know, 15, 20 goals a season. But if he gets double figures, then that would be enough for Preston for them to accomplish something. Um, not, not the bottom three. Yeah. It, they, they, they'd accomplish something better than many people are expecting this season, yeah. is, is a nice way of putting it. And finally, Jack Wilshire has revealed he's training on his own at the moment because he's not had any offers from any clubs. Speaking to The Athletic, he says he's unsure whether he's going to continue with his career, which is. A bit sad, really. He was at Bournemouth last season, Monty, and we only saw a few cameo spells with him last season. Um, I think he was training with Derby, wasn't he, this summer? But Rumoured. Yeah. Rumoured, yeah. Um, but if you're not getting a contract at Derby, then that might say a bit about your career, although Derby have got circumstances around them being able to sign players. I'd have thought mm. he'd been able to do a job at championship level, really. Yeah, I mean, I read the interview and it is, it is quite sad because he's, he's still a good age. He's 28, 29, isn't he? So I think he said it himself in the interview. He's in his peak years. Um, but yeah, you're quite right. He, he could do a job at... I mean, he could do a job at a championship club. I think he could do a job at a lower Premier League club, to be honest with you. Um, I think the Bournemouth move was good for him in in its uh, at the start when they were playing three in the middle. Um, but then he went to a 4-2-3-1 and it just didn't quite work for the way he plays um, he's much better in a midfield three um, definitely but certainly I think if a championship club would would, would offer him a contract he might consider it but I think he's one of those players that he, he needs a, a technical team to, to, to play in he can't play in a high pressing team he can't play in a Mick McCarthy side for example he needs to be in a team that passes it around otherwise the game will just pass him by Stoke that, that would be the that would be a good move for him, but yeah. the least expected one. Again, that stereotype Stoke bring with them of, of lumping it up and then they bring in Jack Wilshire. Um, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. The thing is, because he's not getting any offers now, people would obviously associate Jack Wilshire with big wages, but I don't think he'd be asking for that much, really. He'd just be asking for maybe even a pay-as-you-play deal. Just something to obviously have a bit of income for his way. Um and the other thing that you point out with Jack Wilshere is injuries, but he says he's not been injured since January last year. 
So someone give him a contract, please. Uh, Justin, let's do the Craig Bryson pub quiz. This is the part of the show where I still haven't come up with an intro for it. I will do it eventually. Uh, but I'm going to give Justin six clues about a mystery championship uh, legend who's played at least 200 championship games. And Justin's got to try and guess who it is. Um, this one is a bit kinder than Martin Craney from last week, which what? was a scandalous choice of player to pick. You say what? I still wouldn't be able to name more than two clubs that he's played for. But nonetheless, um, we'll give you the first clue, Justin. I've played 207 championship games, scoring 47 goals. Um, so this is a this is a striker. It's a good ratio. It's one in four. So I think it's Jason Roberts. He's not Jason Roberts, but it's good to hear him mentioned. I didn't make my professional debut until 2013 at the age of 21. Uh, this is similar to the British Humble one that absolutely ruffled me. Um, championship debut 2021. Well, well, I said professional uh, tw- debut. Sorry. I said professional debut. Professional debut 2013. He's 21. I'm going to go with... Next clue. Next clue. That's done me again. Until yeah. that point, I've been playing non-league football and working behind a bar in Middlesbrough. See, if you didn't say Middlesbrough, I was going to go Andre Gray. He's London-based, isn't he? He's, well, not, he's not from Middlesbrough. Andre Gray fits the profile, doesn't he? But obviously not from yeah. Middlesbrough. Next clue. That's not Andre Gray. <laughs> Are you going to go Andre Gray? <laughs> well, yeah. It's not Andre Gray. Okay. I was eventually plucked from non-league by Port Vale. I couldn't. I couldn't. I can name you one Port Vale player that comes to my head straight away. It's Tom Pope. I knew that's you were the only Port Vale. That. That, that's literally <laughs> the only Port Vale player that I can think of. You know what? I thought about Port Vale yesterday actually, and they're a club that I just don't have any time for. I don't know why. Well, you dislike Port Vale. I, I do a little bit. I don't know why. Is this your way of pandering to Stoke fans as much as possible? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Subconsciously pandering to Stoke fans. Yeah. yeah. At um, championship level, I've played... Oh, you can have a guess, or...? No, I don't know. Don't know, okay. Fair Port Vale, no. You, Tom Pope's your guess. A terrible guess at that. <laughs> at championship <laughs> level, I've played for four clubs, including QPR, Middlesbrough, and Norwich. Including, that is. Yeah. Uh, this has been... I, I had a period where I was unstoppable with these um, back in our first season, and been it's been so long i just i have no idea um i don't know you, you keep having i've a got one more clue these. Uh, you're meant to be a championship expert justin you're letting the side down you here didn't, you didn't get martin craney last martin week. craney is a scandalous pick for the craig bison <laughs> <pub> quiz <laughs> he's a legend he's got promotions you'll get this um, now you'll I, get this with the last I've got, okay 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 west ham signed me for 10 million pounds in 2018 but i only ended up playing 22 minutes for them meaning I cost nearly half a million pounds per minute. <laughs> uh, so he played for Borough. Really? You haven't got mm. this yet? It's it's bad, isn't it? So I mean, what, he played for Borough and Norwich? seconds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Borough, Norwich, QPR. You, you've had plenty of time for this, Justin. No, 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 no. Borough, Norwich, QPR yep. uh, in the Championship. And, and then he was signed team. by West Ham. And a mystery team. And he was signed uh, by West Ham for £10 million. When was this? In 2018. God, this is this is shocking. You're going to be putting. Wait, let me just. We, let we've me got just, a reputation let me just, as championship experts, but let me just throw a name in there. Go on. No, it's pathetic, Nicky Maynard. That 
That is an awful guess. That is an atrocious guess. <laughs> it's not Nicky Maynard. The answer is Jordan Hugo. Now, are you going to go for the cowardly tactic and say they were crap clues, or are you going to admit you've really balls that up? Um, I don't think the clues were particularly... Standard, Justin. <laughs> insightful but like I didn't know Jordan Hugo non-league football but I knew he and played obviously he came through at Preston well he made a debut for Preston West Ham for £10 million as soon as I said that you should have got that it's it's a transfer that goes completely like you just forget it happened well so far you've not got any right so far this season neither of you um, I had one and it was Martin Crane <laughs> you've had Chris Hummelonga and Jordan Hugill I think they're on different kind of plimps here, really, Justin. But nonetheless, it's still nil-nil for the Craig Bryson pub quiz so far this this season, ladies and gentlemen. And that brings us to the end of the show. This has been our preview show, looking ahead to a big weekend of championship action. We look forward to reviewing it with you on Sunday. And that's when we'll next be back with the second tier, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the show. And uh, just a quick reminder, if you could take just a couple of seconds of your time to vote for us at the Football Content Awards for Best Football League Podcast, we'll be eternally grateful. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.